Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Hey, everybody. Uh, Dr. Chris Griffin here with an amazingly timely guest, Dr. Tom Larkin. Now, uh, Tom, Dr. Tom, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time just going over his amazing resume. Just let's leave it at this guy has been toiling in things in dentistry for a decade or more, right, that nobody really cared about right. until two weeks ago. And suddenly you have become a rock star and one of the most important people in dentistry because of your knowledge of how infectious disease right. is associated with dentistry. And today, I just want to talk about that and how, how, what do you think the coronavirus did to change dentistry forever starting a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, so I saw it, you know, I kind of bump around a, a various message boards. And on, I think it was March 12th, if that's the Saturday, the conversation became Cavitron aerosols. Okay, now I've been talking about Cavitron aerosols for a decade, right? Uh, but it changed with COVID because it became a much more dangerous bioaerosol. So people were actually closing the following Monday because the aerosols either scared them or scared their hygienist. Okay. So my light bulb moment, my pivot was this. I knew that we have to solve the air issue and the water issue or we can't go back. Okay. So the air issue is very simple. Okay. And I, and I use the example of this. So in my perio training, I do a pre-treatment pre rinse, I do irrigation with the antimicrobial, and a Cavitron with uh, antimicrobial, and laser therapy. And so a person may say, well, you know, you got four layers. Why? It's a little bit redundant. But my answer is always, why not? Okay. So now let's shift to the operatory of the future. You're going to need redundant layers. Uh, you're going to need air filtration, air sanitation. You're going to need water filtration and water sanitation because the only issue is going to be these aerosols. I mean, I don't think it's the, I see people talking about the negative pressure room, you know, and if we have to go there, it's all over, right? I mean, we, we don't need to go there. We need to address the obvious. We have been knowledgeable about biofilms forever, you know, and it's just a real easy thing to ignore, okay? You know, some people uh, clean their water lines or put tablets or, you know, there've been a lot of comp companies try to address that issue. It's just not on our punch list. You know, it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you mentioned air quality. Um, now, I was building, um, when this happened, I was, I was sort of making one room into an implant suite. You know, I was going to do all my implants in there, and I was going to put HEPA filtration in there. Is that, is that what you're talking about, or more than that? Yeah, actually, more than that. So, I'm getting ready on my um, Phoenix Dental Project site. I'm, I'm lining up vendors that I'm picking. So, it's going to be, you know, multi-stage filtering with uh, UV light, okay, and HEPA, and, you know, and I've looked at some of the ones that the um, holistic guys use that are kind of like the elephant trunk, you know, that come down to the actual front of the patient. I've seen those. Yeah, that's for people that do uh, what's called smart amalgam removal. There's a whole protocol, and so it comes right in front of the patient's face, and it's a high, high volume evacuation, but, but my point is this. Um, if your aerosols are not, don't have pathogens in them, 
why does it matter, right? So if we can, if we have a, a water source, so I'm doing a deep dive into uh, ozone and hydrochlorous acid, and I never heard of hydrochlorous acid until two weeks ago, okay? And what I've, what I've been doing is reaching out to people in other industries, right? You're a smart guy. You know that all the answers are not necessarily always within dentistry. I want to talk to people in the water business. I want to talk to people in industrial air. All these problems have been solved but they just haven't been brought into the dental office. And so I, I have a pretty neat group of people that I'm, that I'm talking to daily and I'm going to get them on the site. So what I want to do is have all those resources available in, in, in one place. Yeah. But. Well, you know, so I, I think that's it. And, you know, truthfully, I think I heard you say on one of your webinars that uh, there are truly no protocols right now. Right. So yeah. we we're developing them, what developing them as we go. Right. It's, it's 1988 all over with HIV, it's like, you know, in one of my webinars, I showed what I did in 88, where I just sat down and I said, what are all the issues, right? What are all the infection control issues? And then I took it a step further because I'm so focused on the consumer. And I want to talk about the consumer a little bit here for sure in this, in this interview. Um, our focus needs to be on the post-COVID, at least the post-wave consumer, because they're going to be rocked. They're going to be rocked financially. They're going to be rocked uh, emotionally. And, and what I see that concerns me on social media is this, you know, there's a certain level of, well, when we get back to business, which means business as usual, no, we're going to get back to a new normal, okay? It's going to be a different world. The consumer always, always, I, I pulled out a presentation I did in 2008, which was pretty profound, because all I had to do is just change the dates. Uh, there are tactics from 2008 that, that apply to today with the entire focus on being the consumer. So let me, let me give you some statistics that I pulled up this morning. 69% um, of people have $1,000 or less. Have you ever heard that, you know, uh, that was on one of the bank rate. That, that's, that's like crazy, okay? I mean, I've always knew there was a very high number of people that had like no money, but 69%, $1,000 or less. All right, now let me talk to you about the, the millionaire next door, okay? So this is the person in 2008, whose million dollar retirement went to 600, okay? Well, that's not the end of the world, but what's different here is that the person who probably has that kind of wealth probably owns a small business, okay? Now they're getting rocked two ways. They're getting rocked in their retirement, which is always kind of a, it's always on paper, doesn't mean anything, but they have a small business that just closed, a restaurant, uh, you know, some service, right? Boy, that combination, is uh, that's the person who's going to come back in six months for their teeth cleaning or whatever. They're going to be a different person, okay? So my message in 2008, which, was, um, which has served me very well, was the people that went out of business very quickly in 2008 came back and they presented large treatment plans like the world was just normal, right? So Mr. Jones came in, and back then it was cosmetics, so let's say you had done a big veneer presentation on Mr. Jones, market crashes in 2008, he comes back in, you said, hey, Mr. Jones, uh, you know, you putting more thought into that, doing those veneers, you know, and this guy just got clocked, right? And he'd look at you like, you got three heads, right? So meeting people where they're at, and you are really, really good with people. I know, I know you're such a good people person. You know, I practiced in Arkansas for 16 years. I mean, I know what it's like to take care of regular folks. You're in Mississippi, right? And there's right. a certain skill in meeting people where they're at and saying, you know, if I was you, 
um, we're just gonna take care of what has to be done right now. I know times are tough, okay? Now that's hard for you to do, because you got production goals and all this and the other. When you say to person, but what it's, it's the psychology of meeting people where they're at. And people are just getting their crap beat out of them right now, emotionally and financially. So when we go back, these are the conversations the conversations, this is like an onion with just like a, a jillion layers. We got to have some really serious uh, strategy going back. And I don't see it on the message boards that I kind of cruise around. I don't see it because most people are 40 or younger and they've never experienced this before. Well, that's right. And, uh, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know when you practice. When did you practice in Arkansas, Tom? From um, 80 to 96 or 7. So I was like okay. 17. So I've been practicing in Mississippi since 98 and, uh, and you know, uh, we had, Hey, I got my own practice in 99 and I didn't want to do regular dentistry either. I was a young dentist. I I can see myself in these guys. I went to LVI and Panky and Dawson and I wanted to be a cosmetic dentist, man. Well, I nearly went bankrupt in the early two thousands. And then, like you said, I said, well, I'm just, if I'm going to stay in Mississippi, let's just learn how to treat our population. Right. it's fine. As long as you're treating your community, you can, I can do implants. I can do ortho. I can do sleep apnea, but it's not an everyday thing. Right. And uh, you have to get good at treating emergencies, which is what, you know, which was a skill they really need right now. Exactly. Uh, Absolutely. And be able like say, if somebody, if somebody just wants to pull the tooth, nothing wrong with education, but go ahead and pull their tooth. Cause if you don't pull their tooth, buddy, they're going to be in somebody else's practice. They're going to come to me. Right. (laughs) And I'm going to pull their tooth. And right. then when they need something else, they're going to stay with me. So you really need to learn how to do that. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's meeting them where they, where they are, being with them when they're down, and then they're going to be with you later. Okay. So, so let me tell you, I got three different things, three different notes here on my favorite social media influencer posts. I'm not going to name names. Okay. But, but, but Can I guess, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> so someone, uh, it's a great time to triple down on marketing. Oh! <laughs> and, I, and I'm just... I'm, I'm scratching Wait a minute. Let me, try, let me try my Donald Trump impersonation. Wrong. Okay. All right. The next one was, um, it's a great time to catch up with your accounts receivables. Oh, yeah. Let's send everybody a letter saying, give me your money, even though you've got a thousand bucks or less in your pocket. Yeah. Let's I mean, if there, was, if there was ever a time, you know, I had, I had made mention on a podcast. I've been doing podcasts every day about one of the most brilliant marketing strategies is being done by some of the bourbon distilleries here in, in, in uh, Kentucky. They're switching over to hand sanitizer and they're giving it out for free. I mean, I want to get some Woodford Reserve hand sanitizer. That's going to be a collector's item. <laughs> so, so a smart dentist is contacting those same patients and saying, you know, and this would be brutally hard to do if, you're, if your AR is out of control, but I'd, just, I'd call them and say, listen, times are tough. We're, we're just writing that off. We're just taking it off. You don't owe me anything, but I just remember me down the road, right? That's a, that's, that would be a power position for a dentist, not calling and trying to collect the money, but relieving some debt for some people that are suffering, treating them like a human being. I mean, we're all suffering in this moment. The thing that's so universal about this moment is everybody. I mean, I know people that had businesses that I just literally were like in awe of, and they're just getting decimated, right? This is a, this, it's, it, we're all in this together, right? So we need to, we need to treat each other. Um, so anyway, so this is, uh, oh, and then another one said, um, I don't watch one minute of the news because it's too negative and I want to stay positive, you know, and I've, I've always been a news junkie, you know, newspapers online, watching the news or, you know, when I'm, when I'm working in my office, I might have it running in the, 
I know that it's, it's important to be aware of what the hell's going on, okay? So, so we have large populations of young people out there under the influence is what I call it. And this is some of the advice that's out there. And, and it's, uh, it's distressing. Well, hey, Tom, I've got a, here's what I predict. And I think this might be good. Guess what? There's getting to be a lot fewer influencer consultants in dentistry because the days of us just handing over a hundred grand or 50 grand or whatever, Okay. That's gone. It's gone. Okay. That is gone. So good riddance to most of y'all. There's some good ones. There's some good yeah. ones. But, right. But a lot of them, nope. Yeah. yeah, they just don't have the experience, you know, if, if, uh, if yeah, or, or, the, or the desire. Yeah. So it's a combination of things. But it's, it's distressing to me because the reason I take this personal, so, you know, is when you teach in the university, I've, I've taught one full cycle meaning from uh, freshman to graduation. I've done that one time. It's like raising a kid. When, when you're in that first day of class and they open up that, those instruments, and that, that excitement's like Christmas Day, and then you watch them walk across the stage, it gets very personal. At least it always it did for me, right? So, so to me, this whole thing of helping young dentists, which I've done for a long, long time, is very personal. So when I see them with all these false prophets and you know, being convinced of all this stuff that I know is not real, I've been watching it for years now, and it's all like you said. It's all going to sort out, but I feel really bad. I feel really bad for anybody who's in a jam who did a startup in the last few months that that just was convinced that they could do it. You know, I, I, here's my here's my spin on startups and acquisitions because I pulled the I pulled the plug on an acquisition three or four weeks ago on somebody, and and he was a good. I mean, he could have done it. I said nope. I said walk. Um, here's the thing about it. When we're at the tail end of a 12-year economic boom, that's a, it's a coiled spring, okay? You and I have been around long enough to know, I don't know what's going to cause it, but that thing is going to snap. And the bigger the expansion, the bigger the contraction. Here comes, it would have been something else. I mean, the virus happens to be doubly brutal, but, you know, it would have been something else, right, that would have caused a downturn. But when you take a young dentist and you encourage them to take an astronomical amount of risk as far as like doing a startup at the 12th year of an expansion, I'm, I'm you know, shame on you, right? I mean, it, it, it requires a special level. So I started posting about 18 months ago that I was, I was discouraging anybody to do a startup or acquisition in 2020 unless you had some serious expertise, right? And um, so, you know, I'm not trying to say I told you so, but <clears throat> these things are predictable. And you have to watch the news, though, to learn about it. Yeah, you know, it's probably it would probably be true that if you if you have to ask somebody if you should do a startup right now, you probably shouldn't do a startup. Right. The, very, the very small percentage of people that could do it, they're right. not asking anybody. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, okay. So, yeah, I totally agree with all that. Uh, real, I wanted to touch on uh, a lot of dentists are asking me, and we're talking, and I don't know either, when do you think, like best, just guesstimate, I know yeah. nobody knows. When do you right. think that we might be able to start seeing hygiene patients again? You awesome. Got a clue? Great question. So, so I, did a, I did a webinar uh, the last week of February, and it was actually in preparation. We were having an all office, I'm in two offices. We were having, April 1st was, a, we were having, supposed to have this meeting. <laughs> we didn't make it to April 1st. But in the last week of February was my strategic presentation. And I made a webinar and I put it online. And what I, some of the calls I made there were absolutely accurate. 
and it, it became part of my education. I didn't know what a coronavirus was. I didn't know that there are four other ones that are in circulation every season. They're just a common cold, right? So my fear was, and Dr. Fauci said this a couple of days ago, this is endemic. It's a part of the seasonal cocktail, right? This is not like get it, get over it, and it's gone, okay? So I think what's going to happen just from what's happened in Asia and other places is that this will come as, as, a, as a wave, and we're trying to flatten the curve. And, I, and then I do think we'll get a chance to kind of catch our breath. And that's the one thing is as hard as I've been working to get the office prepared, to get my family prepared, it, there was just no time to get prepared, right? And so I think we might get a little bit of a reprieve, but I do think, um, I do think in the fall, short of a, vac a vaccine that seems 18 months off from what I heard today, uh, I, I think it's going to be kind of problematic, right? So it's not a, so here, here's how I put it. Anybody who's telling you it's a red light, green light is not telling you the truth. It's going to be a red light, caution light. Right. right. So I don't know when that when that coming back is. I would imagine in the summer from the standpoint of, of hygiene, you know, and that was the other thing I had to figure out real quickly, because when we start talking about essential and emergent and what, what is and I'm sitting here in my mind, because you know how I'm into the oral systemic. I'm like, well, you know, if you're under perio treatment, you have heart disease. That's, you know, but I, but I you know, I, I backed off of that pretty quick. I mean, it didn't make any sense to try to to try to triage hygiene. You know, everybody needs to shut down hygiene. But what hygiene do you come back? So do you, so when we come back, do you triage the patients who are at higher periodontal risk who are on three-month recall? You know, is that the one that you, that you, that already, that you've self-educated that their cleaning is, is important to their overall health? And then my whole message about, you know, I started talking about pneumonia. Okay, if you got periodontal disease and, um, and you go in the hospital, my thing was periodontal disease and obstructive, obstructive sleep apnea, that would put you in a risk category that you, if you had COVID and went to the hospital, your chances of getting pneumonia are much higher than a person that didn't have those, right? So, so maybe when, you, when, you, when we open back up in the summer, maybe it's, you know, the periodontal patients, those three-month patients first, you know, but it's not going to be a light switch. It's not going to be, you know, that, I don't think that schedule is going to be full. Right off. And that's tough, man. Uh, so, you know, I have four hygienists. Right. Okay, good grief. When in the world could I ever think about filling up four hygiene schedules? And, of course, yeah. you know, now there's a lot of uncertainty about the, the loans and stuff like that. And right. when do you bring back your hygienist? Do you bring them back one at a time? Do you all bring them all back and then lay some of them back off? Do you just carry their salaries forever even though wow. they're sitting on their butt? I mean, I just, no. I just don't. The, the layers of this – Chris are brutal. They're, it's uncharted. It's uncharted. It's going to require so much flexibility. So what we did in the, in the practice that I managed is that we kind of, um, I don't want to use the word demoted, but, but at least we got that, the, the, the concept of coming out of hygiene and working the front desk to stay employed, right? They're, they're going to, there's going to have to be some flexibility. You know, when you talk about cross-training, we all want to, we all want an office that's cross-trained. Maybe that hygienist gets into the cross-trained mix of clerical covers the front, you know what I'm saying? For a reduced. That's system. fine, but how much front is there going to be to cover? Right. No, exactly. <laughs> right. No, this is going to be a flex model. So um, um, it's going to, you know, I use the word flex. It's going to require flexibility on everybody's part because it's, I think it's going to be dynamic. So let me, let me talk about two things that I haven't heard anybody talk about that, okay. that concern me. 
Um, so the HR thing scares me a lot. Here's what scares me. Here's the new normal that we need to talk about. So uh, I know that you've worked sick and I've worked sick, meaning the only time I would be out would be the day that I was so weak I couldn't stand up, but I would come back with a cough for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's two days in 21 years. Yeah, two day, you know, the two day deal. And then the new normal is you probably aren't gonna be able to do that, right? And so in an employee, I can't think of an employee that I ever had out more than two days. But this whole concept of getting a cold, coronavirus is a cold, what's the protocol? Are you gonna have to step out for 14? Are you gonna have to be tested two negatives to come back? I don't know the answer, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm trying to get in front of this monster and anticipate the future. So I see HR because, you know, our teams are very, they're very integrated and very intimate. You know, one person out, you feel it in your office when one person's out, especially depending on the level of importance. But most offices that are, that are really good, you, you miss one person down. You do. It's not like a big factory, right? If that became a part of the new normal, uh, that's disruptive. Okay. Now let's flip, let's flip the paper over and let's talk about the patients. The patients, your consumer is now being trained. The person that would wake up with the scratchy throat and the beginning of something, they would still keep their appointment. You wouldn't care. They wouldn't care. They're being trained to, to social distance and, and stop in place. So now all of a sudden your schedule, as far as like last minute cancellations, this new consumer that I keep talking about that's unidentified may act completely different than because they're in, they're in just a three month beat down, you know, this whole thing about infection. Um, don't go out when you're sick. And we're talking about a cold. We're talking about, a, you know, we're talking essentially about a common cold. Those two things um, concern me the most. So I'm so happy that you're talking, having this conversation about what coming back looks like because I think it's going to be weird. You know, it's, it's going to be a very much challenge to, um, I use that word flex. Everybody's going to have to be so flexible. And, and so here, so here's a dentist. Here's this, and I, and I'm, I'm trying not to be negative, but it's really important to be truthful. Don't you, do you not agree? We need, you know, we need to be truthful in, in, yeah, in addressing our problems, not, not the skies falling. I'm, I wouldn't be working as hard, as I am right now, day to day, if I'm You're trying to not make the sky completely fall. Exactly. Exactly. So, so we need to, to look ahead and say, what does that look like at that schedule? So here's my concern. You got a dentist who, even with the seven a and the, and the other uh, help 60 days from now is going to be financially weakened. Okay. So we're weakened, you know, and, and some people more than others. It's just, it depends on how well you prepare for this. If you lived, conservatively under your means, put some cash away. You know, that's the minority. You know that. That's a very small percentage. Most people are going to be in a weakened, I, I say a weakened state. Now you're going to come back to a business that is going to be like a scratch starter. You know, it's going to be choppy, right? So, so some of the things that I've mentioned, think about this for a minute. Think about your P&L, you know, because smart business owners, their your P&L is your it's your guide. You know, every day, every month, you look at that. And you know, yeah, but a P&L going forward, you just, you just dropped a bomb and it means nothing, right? Your yearly P&L, your monthly P&L. Look at your, look at your um, whatever you use for your um, dental intelligence, you know, your, your, to monitor your profitability. It's all based on hourly. 
So if we end up with this Swiss cheese schedule, because for, for whatever reason, now your monitoring uh, doesn't work, um, what, what do credit scores mean in 120? They don't mean anything. They're blown up. You know, this, this thing is, it is so huge. Everywhere I turn, I see problems that probably have never come up before. So, so how do you, how do you put your finger on the pulse of your practice? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I certainly, I'm looking to where the problems are going to emerge, right? So you go back in a weakened state and, um, and then, and then it just becomes kind of a, kind of a grind. <clears throat> yeah, there's no, I guess there really are no true final answers today. No. No. We're, we're working towards them. Yeah. Are you, are you ready to uh, talk about the big project that you are undertaking right now? Yes. So, so what I did with that, that lightning bolt thing that hit me, the pivot that I made, because I knew about these aerosols, is, is I wanted to create a web portal, a solution-based portal. And so I call it the Phoenix Dental Project. And, and, and obviously, uh, you, you had texted me. I didn't realize that you had, had kind of had that same moment when your practice burned down and you rose from the ashes, literally. And that's why I'm, I'm happy to have you help me in that project. So one of the problems I see with, um, with, with Facebook and Workplace, just by its very nature, on a news feed, it's kind of scrolling, meaning you might see something there interesting, but it, you go back and it's gone, right? That, that by its very nature, some of it's good, some of it's bad, but the problem is because it's a continuous feed, it's not archived. So I said, I'm gonna build a site called the Phoenix Dental Project, and I'm gonna take the 15 or 20 issues and I'm gonna, it'll be, a, it'll be a, a portal, a clearinghouse of information where I can address all the things that I think from HR to accounting, legal, practice management, air and water, and then you can just go in there and get the resources, right? And then, and then I'll have one person in charge of, so what, what we had talked about, um, and I'm blessed that you would, would help me with this, is the, uh, is the CE. And what I think for at least six months, CE is going to be virtual in nature. I mean, it's going to be a trickle back yeah. to the live events. It might be to the end of the year. But, but the fact is, we're going to need some new CE, you know, some fresh CE. We don't need implant training right now. We're going to have to go back and identify the new normal, the new consumer, um, and then share that information in real time. You know, this is what I'm seeing in my practice. This is what we're doing to fill our schedule. This is what I'm seeing in hygiene. We're going to need real-time sharing of what's working and what's not because this is just going to be, this going to be the Wild West. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. You know, and I tell you what, you know, it, it, and one, and on one side, it's very daunting. You can yeah. get depressed, depressed thinking about it. But on the other hand, um, hey, this is the Wild West. So if you, if you maybe got stuck in a rut and maybe weren't super happy with the way your practice is going, guess what? You have a chance for a reboot, yeah. and uh, you can make it exactly how you want it this time. Yeah. No, and I've been super optimistic with my young dentists, okay, that, you know, that are kind of clued into what, what I'm doing. I'm just saying, you know, you're, you're in position. Um, the important thing is, is weathering this, whatever it looks like. I mean, some people have chosen – to, to shut down. We've done an emergent model that I've kind of shrunk down, you know, and I'm, I'm taking this a day at a time, really. And I'm becoming, because my, my daughter is an ICU nurse, she's scaring me every day. Oh, I'm becoming, I'm becoming more concerned about the health of my, you know, my people, right. My team members. Right. 
so I'm, I'm kind of scaling this back, even though uh, we're seeing very serious emergencies. Uh, university dental school is closed. Everything's closed. Uh, sending somebody to the ER. I, I, I consider this, think about this for a minute. Think about the, the next month. This is going to become, seeing dental emergencies is going to become a humanitarian issue. I mean, it will. I mean, we, we could look like a third world country. I mean, you think about Medicaid patients, no one sees them to start with. Where are they going? You know, with, with these serious, the dental disease is not going anywhere. Uh, you know, the, the emergency call that you would get any day of the week is not changing at all. It's just a, a certain number of practices have completely closed and have almost created a funnel of need, right? So this next month, um, balancing off the safety of, of team members and serving the public is, is a real tricky call for me, right? So I'm doing I told, it. You know, I'll tell you what I told my staff, Tom, is um, my hygienist immediately, the, pretty much they all decided to, you know, not work. I put right. everybody on employment and I said, you know, here's the deal, guys. Uh, I love you guys like uh, my own family. You are really my family. I'm with you guys more than I'm with my family a lot of the time. I says, I don't want anything to happen to you guys. I'm going to be here Mondays and half a day Tuesday to work on emergencies. And if you guys don't feel like being up here, I will be more than happy to do it, just like I did in dental school. Right. I'll hold section with my left hand if I have to. Right. I've got four, four employees that, I mean, I guess they are just decide they're going to be with me to the yeah. end. So they are coming in and, and I'm thankful for that. But uh, I think you just got to have that conversation. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine forcing somebody to come in and then oh. them catching Corona. Yeah. Somebody and their family passing away. Holy mackerel. No, you can't, you can't put yourself in that position, but that's leadership. When you see people wanting to come in, that's your leadership that they want to be with. You know, that's, I'm seeing that in my office too. You know, people, people, you know, the hygienist took a demotion to stay together. They wanted to stay a part of the deal at least for the first couple of weeks, right? So I think we've trimmed probably in half just this week, just because this thing is day to day, you know, and it's affecting different areas of the country at a different rate, right? But like I said, um, these are tough calls. I mean, I get up every morning and go, wow, this, what weirdness is going to come my way today? Well, yeah, we, and we signed up for this, you know. I kind of feel like that. I mean, uh, if, I guess if Ebola was breaking out and somebody had a swollen jaw, I would wait up here with whatever face mask on and I would try to help them. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, our teams didn't sign up right. for that. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of the topic of, of today, and I, I really appreciate, you know, your, your steady hand and, and trying to guide your tribe through the whole thing because, like I said, you, you've been, you know, you've had some great resources within your – your Facebook group and you know, you've got good connections and that's, that's why I want some assistance on, on my kind of oh, clearing house. I'm there for you, brother. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. And I tell you, uh, it's crazy, you know, for the last four or five years, I don't know if everybody's just doing so well, they could care less, but I think I've got a really good program about yeah. implementing uh, like building standard operating protocols and and building systems I feel like I got a really good I mean I, I'm not you know I think it's really good right. the last four or five years nobody seemed to care that much right. and then uh, I put a poll up in my Facebook group and uh, guess what came out number one by nearly triple yeah. uh, over, I put hey what would you guys like to see CEN and I put building standard operating procedures and then you know all the other clinical stuff 
right. triple. SOPs were triple everything else. So I don't know why, but maybe dentists are starting to think, hmm, it's time to get my ship in order. Exactly. No, there's no question. I mean, that's going to be the, there's going to be the serious players and then the people that are too much under the, too far under the influence that are going to, there's going to be some weeding out that's going to take place. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm sad for a lot of young dentists because, you know, th think if you're a senior in dental school right now, I was thinking about that last night. Okay. So you, so you got, you know, I don't know if they're going to graduate, but think about how important it is in dentistry more so than any other education, clinical reps, you know, I use the sports well, analogy cool. of reps. It's just critically important. And if you're in training as a student, and you don't pick up a hand piece for six months or a year, That's dude, uh, you may go back to sophomore lab, you know? <laughs> no, and so you have an entire, across the board, every state in America, every dental school in America, an entire class of students that's kind of, you know, in limbo. And I, I don't know what happens to them. I mean, th this is, this is going to look different. So people that don't, are not, people that are not being thoughtful about this, um, I, I don't think they're doing a service to everybody to be, posting stuff about, you know, trivial things about, you know. Well, so hey, how do, uh, where is, like, if people want to learn more about um, the Phoenix Project, yes. how would they find out, where would they go? Then they go to www.phoenixdentalproject.com. Phoenixdentalproject.com. I'll try to put a banner up on this video, and uh, okay. we'll link to it in the show yeah. notes, and uh, I will be there, and Tom will yeah. be there. Who else is in that? Uh, David O'Malley, is he working in that? Um, so I'm not yet, you know, I'm just kind of reaching out the, the people that I'm talking, you're not going to know are right now are the Aaron Walter people. I'm trying to get them in place here within the next, and I got this ozone guy because I'm learning all about ozone, uh, which I've known about, but I've, it, it's taken on a new immediacy. Uh, he's kind of an ozone guru. Um, so I'm kind of taking it a day at a time. Um, yeah. Oh, Hey, well, if it's just us, we're going to run this thing. Let's go. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Hey, and uh, everybody after this is, this has been a great, a great podcast. Thank you, Tom, so much. Uh, yeah. We're going to go ahead. Tom and I recorded uh, a few weeks ago, one about totally different stuff. We talked about uh, a lot. What do we talk about? The video? Um, microscope. Yeah. The video. video microscope. We talked about a lot of other cool stuff that's really currently not as applicable. Right. But I'll, I'm going to go ahead and publish that as a part two to this podcast. But this one's got it. We got to get this message out. Yeah. Um, go For to the, sure. the, the uh, go to dentalphoenixproject.com and let's let's everybody get together, pull together, and let's just get this thing going. Yeah. For sure. All right. All right, man. Thank you, Tom. All right. Thank you. All right. See you. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice. So when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of the Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in.